0: I'm Charlie Kepke from Stillwater. It's good to be here. It's, it's, I love being here. I love, to, I love the venue. I love this part of the world, but most of all, I'm like you, I love Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We just thank you for the freedom to be here and we can celebrate and, you know, a lot of the religious people think we got to be in some brick and mortar thing that looks like got a steeple on it to worship, but Lord you say we're two or more together in your name you're with us and we're we pray that we'll do nothing to quench or grieve the holy spirit here today and that your presence will be here and you will move in a mighty way through this service father god and we pray this in Jesus name amen How many of you have your bibles with you Okay let me ask a question How many of you and I know, how many of you rope? Okay. Did you learn to rope watching videos? You learned to rope with the, but, the rope in your hand, amen? Okay. I'm a great believer in this book. It's called the Bible. And I'm very passionate about it. I can read it on the screen all the time. But this is a live, living word of God. And I'm not here to scold you or beat anybody up. But it's really on my heart how we've got away from it. This is sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen? That's what the word tells us. Cut in the very depth and marrow of our soul. Now, if we're going to go out and cut sunflowers with a machete, we don't take a video to do that, do we? Now, here's a video on how to cut sunflowers with the machete we take the machete so I encourage you to take this word with you and the more it's with you the more it becomes part of you and the more you have a hunger to be in this word and as that sword cuts into you and this is what the Lord revealed to me not only if we cut into a boil something bad's coming out amen and we put something good in to heal it and is that is that two edged sword cuts into the marrow of our souls that makes a way for the enemy to come out and for Jesus to go in? And that I just want to share that before we get started. We're going to be in Luke this morning. I I would probably call this more of a teaching than than a preaching, but it's uh, it's a parable that you all are very familiar with. It's about the Good Samaritan. We've all heard it, amen. We've read it. We've been taught it. We heard it in Sunday school. We've been preached it, teached it every way we can. But the Lord has really convicted me and shared some depth into this parable that I've been really excited to share with somebody. And when I got invited out here, I said, this is where I'm I'm supposed to take this word. It's about the Good Samaritan. And something that I think we need to learn from this first off is we have to write ourselves into every role. We've got a lot of players in this particular parable. And let me back up and say this. 1 John 2.6 said, If God's in us, we will live like Jesus taught us to live. How are we going to learn to live if we don't understand the red letter of the Bible? Because that's where Jesus taught us to live, amen? And how to, what was his tool that he used? He used the parables to teach us how to live. And you can go, what did he do with the adulterous woman? What did he do with the rich young ruler? What did he do with the people that was short on faith? What did he do with his own disciples when they couldn't walk on water. It's all of this is about applying to our lives today and teaching us how to live as Christians. But here, it starts out, we got to understand who it starts out talking to, and it starts out, on occasion an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. I... This is this always amuses me so much because all through the New Testament, the religious people was trying to trick Jesus. Well, that's like me trying to trade Dick Munsell. I mean, that's just not going to happen. That that's just not going to happen. I'm not that quick. But this this is so funny to me that they thought that they could trick Jesus, and so the religious people was always doing it. But he takes this lesson to the religious person of the day and he applies it to our day and our lives and how we live. So you got to put yourself in all these roles. The first person is the religious person. Of course, there's Jesus. Then we have the two people, the thie- the bad guys, if you will, the robbers and the th- thieves. Then we have the guy that was beat up and abused. Then we got the good guy that comes by. Then we've got the innkeeper. So we have, if we are making a play here, it's going to take quite a few people to to make a play out of this. Amen? There, there's a lot of people involved in this. And as you read and study these, put yourself in every role. And when you start putting yourself in these roles... Boy, you look a lot And, you know, that's the old have you walked in the in the moccasins a mile. I don't understand why he done that. Oh, now I do. Because I walked in his moccasins. That day would have been sandals. I think when we all get to heaven we'll have boots, but I don't I don't know how I can't prove that. It's not biblical either. Uh So, as we go through this, write yourself into this, you know, like it's a play, and I have a role in here. Okay, on one occasion, an expert for the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I think this passage right here really bottlenecks a lot of Christians, It says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And we have put eternal life into the package of someday I will die and I'll enter eternal life. Wrong. I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am in eternal life now. We put eternal life in a futuristic, I got to die to go to heaven. Well, yeah, but I don't have to die to be living eternal life because I'm living it now. I don't have to die to go into a kingdom. I'm living in a kingdom now. There's a kingdom of heaven, but God has a kingdom here right now because I'm under his rule and reign. He is the king, amen? God is the king. I'm living in the kingdom now. So here again, All they was concerned about was their religious laws because they didn't want to conform to what Jesus taught. They had their own religion, and they had the law, and they still wanted to abide by it then, as a lot of people do today. We're not under law. We're under grace, and we're under a new covenant. And these are all things that we have to really grasp as a foundation to get into this word and understand the true meaning of what this word's about. Okay, what is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your uh, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. He said, you've answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this and you will live. See, they was under a different covenant. I cannot get there today by living under the law. People still think they can. I'm not under law. I'm under grace. But if you go back and read Matthew 5, Jesus raised the bar at the Sermon on the Mount. He said one example. Thou shalt not murder. But if someone says he hates somebody, okay, I can go home and tell my wife I didn't murder anybody, but but I hate somebody out there at that cowboy church at Woodward. I met the law because I didn't kill anybody today. But I didn't please Jesus because I said I hated that person. See the difference? So I'm not under law. This, this teacher, expert on the law, it applied to his world. But it don't apply to my world because I'm in a different kingdom than what he's in. When he asked to justify him, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell in the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to go down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring out oil and wine." Okay, let's back up here. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. Okay, who who's the biggest thief that there is? The de- Satan, the devil. He's the one that comes to sh- sh- destroy, kill, or and kill and destroy. So here comes the enemy that came to this man just walking down the road. Robbing him of his peace and his joy and his goodness. That's what the devil does. You know, we focus so much on what we want to call big sins in Christianity. And we focus on so many things that we think we can make a list of all these sins. But we don't talk about where we really get robbed. And that is our peace, our joy our kindness, the fruit of the Spirit, as it talks about in Galatians. That's what he really robs us. When he can fill us with worry, when he can take our hope away, I mean, he's getting his job done. But that's what he done to this man. He beat him up. Okay? Well, I've been there. I'm him. I'm the guy got beat up. I might even be in the helper to the devil that beat somebody up oh, well, I don't want to take that role on. We all need to. Because I might have been one of them that robbed somebody with my anger, with my arrogance, with my jealousy, passing up an opportunity to help when I didn't, saying the wrong thing because I don't have control of my tongue. There's so many ways I can write myself in to that role when it, what does it, it say, he was, uh, when in the, he fell into the hands of the robbers. I can be the one of the robbers just as well. So I can't exclude myself out of that role. And so here comes a priest and a Levite. And what they do? They walked all around him. Folks, religion, don't get it done. Religion does not get it done. And that's what the Lord revealed to me. Here comes religious people, but what they done is walked around him because they can't bring healing to that person. Religion couldn't then, and it can't today. Religion can't, but Jesus can. We still... I had a discussion with some men this last week. And I believe this with all my heart. We are so fragmented as Christians. And we wonder why we're not changing the world. We've got to get unified. That's why these non-denominational churches are growing by leaps and bounds. People want to criticize them. I applaud them. If they're preaching the truth. If they're preaching the truth, I don't care what that sign says in front of them. But when you go into a town, a small town Oklahoma, and they can't have a ministerial alliance because the preachers can't get along, what kind of picture does that portray to the lost world out there? What picture does it portray even to the Christian people about being a Christian? But this is what happened in this parable. Here comes a Levite. He came to the other place, saw him, passed on the other side. And what that priest happened to go down the road, he saw him, he passed on the other side. Now, here comes a Samaritan. The only thing that would have been a lower form of life than him would have been a Samaritan female. I mean, they was the lowest form of life in that society, was a Samaritan female. But a Samaritan, remember when the lady At the well said, what are you doing anything with me? I'm a Samaritan woman. Ask Jesus this. She was confused. She didn't understand why Jesus would be talking to her because she was a Samaritan woman and she knew he's a Jew. So here's a guy that's not supposed to be anything in the eyes of the world. But what did he do? He picked him up. He bandaged his wounds. Then he put the man on his own donkey took him to an end and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you with extra expenses you may have. And I'm going to tell you, this is what is on my heart this morning. The Samaritan that picked the man up and bandaged his wounds, took him to the inn, was Jesus. Jesus. Because Jesus was rejected by religion. He was rejected by the world. They fought him. They wanted to do away with him. And what did they did do away with him? They took him to the cross and they crucified him and killed him. Because he was against what they was doing. He was against what they p- was doing. But the religious people rejected this beat and broken man. I'm and you were the beat and broken people just like this man in the road and the only thing that saved us was Jesus Christ it wasn't religion amen the same thing applied here here is broken man here comes a samaritan and i'm going to tell you that what the holy spirit revealed to me that was the lord jesus christ pick him up put him on his donkey and took him to the end But you know who the innkeeper was? God the Father. He took him to God the Father, the innkeeper, and said, I'm paying his bill because that's what Jesus done at the cross was paid our debt sin, sin debt on the cross. (laughs) And that's exactly what the Samaritan done to the beaten and broken person was took him to the innkeeper. God the Father paid his debt Are you with me? Are you writing yourself into these roles? Do you see what I'm trying to said at the front, how critical it is to write ourselves in? But this is what I really love. He said, look after him. He said, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Jesus said, I'm coming back. And to me, that's prophecy of Jesus lived, he died, and he's coming back. The whole gospel story is written right here in this parable of the Good Samaritan. It's done, folks. Jesus has done it. And he goes on and said, Which of the three do you think was a neighbor of the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert of the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, Go and do likewise. I think it's really hard for us as Christians to go and do likewise if we don't understand what Jesus has really done for us. If we don't really understand who God is. I think this parable reveals so much truth. There's a lost and dying world out there. They're seeking mercy. It's time for us to rise up and say, I'm a giver of mercy. Jesus said, Go and do likewise. It's time for me to get out of the bleachers and get on the playing field and to show mercy, show the love of Christ. I was sharing this with some of the men outside doing prison ministry. There's a lot of the ones I, I I really believe most of the men I minister to are saved, but where they struggle is hope. I'm in jail. I believe, but what's my hope to ever change this cycle of life? What do I tell them? I tell them about Jesus, and I tell them about the power of the Holy Spirit because they have got a helper. They don't have to do this alone. They can be overcomers. I think one of the most undertaught scriptures in the Bible is Jesus said, you will do greater things than I. We want to laugh that off. But let me tell you, Jesus said, I'm on the way so I can send you a helper, a counselor, an advocate, and it's called the Holy Spirit. And when we empower ourselves with the Holy Spirit and go out with a heart to show mercy, as Jesus told this teacher of the law, you'll scare yourself what you're going to get done. You're going to, scare your, you're going to shock yourself at what you didn't know you knew. You're going to shock yourselves as what you didn't think you could do that you just done. My greatest witness is when I go into jail and ministry. I generally don't know what I'm going to talk about when I walk through the door. I don't. I don't have to. The Holy Spirit provides. And I remember. I hope I didn't share this with you before. I'm One of those old Grand old Opry and friends, one of the early shows they had, Marty Stewart was talking about Roger Miller. And he said, did any of you ever actually, some of you grew up around him or know Roger Miller? But he was, you know, he was so talented it was dangerous. But he said Roger Miller would tell a joke and laugh at it. He said he wasn't laughing because he thought he was funny, but he is hearing it at the same time you did because his mind worked so fast that he couldn't. I mean, he just came to him so fast. Well, when you get in this word that I talked about packing and you get the Holy Spirit to revealing to you, I'll walk out of that jail and I'll say I just learned so much tonight because as I was teaching that word, God was teaching me to teach them. Because I just taught them stuff I didn't know when I walked through that door. That is why we can do greater things is because we have that power through the Holy Spirit. If he calls you to go and show mercy Folks, he's going to equip you to show mercy. Amen? We've got to let our guard down. We're going to have to become exposed. We have faith if we're saved. But hope's going to squelch that faith if you don't live in the full hope that is yours in Jesus Christ. And you know what? If you don't have love, hope, I don't think you're going to love like Jesus told you, loved you. So we got to work on our faith, our hope, and out of that, our love will take care of itself. But these are all things that are built out of our salvation. But we got to take this word, and we got to feed these spirit beings within us. Then go out into the world and show mercy. And if you get to thinking, What's my role? Go back and read Luke ten twenty five through that parable of the good Samaritan, and say, I remember now. I was ever one of those people in there at some time in my life. Olivia, where you at? Do you have a song to close with? Can I borrow your guitar? <laughs> We're going to close with a song. And as we close here, if you haven't made that decision, today's the day of salvation. And I invite you to come and say, I want to start that journey. I want to know Jesus is my personal Savior. He done that. He picked this guy up and he took him to an end and he paid his debt. I want to know that man. I want him to live within me. Well, I know that I have Jesus in my heart, but I'm not showing mercy. Pray for me that God will equip me and call me. It's just not that he'll equip me, but give me a heart to go and do that. You don't have to come down here, but if you want to pray about it afterwards, you want to talk about it, I'll be here as long as I need to be. But if you want to come down, if you just want to stand up, we're going to be praying for you when we get done with the song. Amen.
1: Amazing, great. How sweet the sound that saved a red like me. I want. Everybody stand up, please. praise God, 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 praise God. Praise God, praise God.
0: But before we go, I'm serious. If somebody wants to make a commitment, if somebody wants to rededicate, somebody wants to say, I want to be more, uh, today's the start. There's no, use, there's no reason to delay it. There's no reason to wait till tomorrow, is there? You think about when God put on your heart to come to Christ, if Jesus hadn't been available that day. You know, there's people that's going to be in your world this week that's beat up and broken. And this is our choice. Are we going to walk around them or are we going to go pick them up and manage them? That's our decision this week. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit moving here in the sale barn today. I pray your blessings upon this ministry. Lord, I just, I'm just humbled by the opportunity to be here. And Lord, as we go through today, tomorrow, and all the days to come, that we will just seek to walk as Jesus walked, to live our lives as Jesus taught us, to live our lives. And Lord, that there'll just be a heart upon every person within the sound of my voice to be in thy word and to learn more about Jesus and how he lived, and how he taught us to live. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.